welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Make your own at hostfully.com pad. And as a special for Get Paid for Your Pad listeners, you'll get a free guidebook consultation after you make your guidebook. Get Paid for Your Pad episode number 189. Welcome everybody. Today I'm talking to Lily Troop. She's a Airbnb host in Melbourne, Australia. And she used to be a social worker, but she's transitioned into being an entrepreneur. She started a business where she helps other people manage their Airbnbs. And she calls herself a beautification specialist. So it sounds pretty intriguing. So Lily, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Jasper. I'm glad to be here. So I can relate a little bit to your story because you told me you were working 12 hours a day as a social worker and you were feeling quite empty at your work. And that kind of motivated you to quit your job and and seek something different. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about, about your story? Yeah, sure. So I really didn't feel very rewarded in the position I was in. I was working in healthcare and I was helping older people get home uh, after their hospital stay. But the challenge of that was not much reward financially and it was very draining emotionally, spiritually, um, physically. So I quit my job and I took a risk and uh, I was in a network marketing company at the time and uh, that required a skill of sales that I really wasn't confident that I had and wasn't really making the sales that I wanted. So I just one day thought, you know, maybe I can just get some extra income cleaning a home. So what I did was I put myself out there and one thing led to another and somehow I was cleaning for a lady who said, um, my place is is also an Airbnb home and I need someone to help me with the check-ins, with the servicing, which was cleaning and my name just got passed around and I started to build a business from that. And were you already renting out an Airbnb when you were still working as a social worker? No, no, I wasn't. Um, I actually became involved in co-hosting a little bit later, probably about a year or two later. And then you decided to, you know, to see if you could make some money cleaning homes. And that's, is that how you find out about Airbnb? Yes, that's correct. The lady that I actually initially contacted, she was going away on holidays and she said, look, would you be interested in making sure that 
everything is ready for the guests. So that means, you know, changing the linen, making sure that there's nothing left in the fridge, the garbage was taken out. So I agreed to that and it was working really well. So we were in constant contact with each other, feeding back on on how things were going. So I would send her photos after my servicing and um, she was very impressed and passed my details on to other people that she knew who had Airbnbs. And at what point did you realize that you could be running a business from this? I think it was the connection I had with my clients because it was really all about communication, understanding the needs that they they had and were worried about. And I thought, I'm not a social worker anymore, but I can really, really help my hosts to get the five-star ratings that they're, they're requesting and wanting so they could... I mean, five-star ratings always bring more more guests. So I thought, you know, I can really help in this way and I, I have something to offer and give that is actually coming from the respect I have for that person's home to actually pass it on to the guest who's um, also my client in another sense. So, you know, I'm combining the whole lot into one package. Right, you're saying the the guests are kind of indirectly also your clients because when your guests are happy, then your clients happy. Yes, that's that's right. When when you actually look at the Airbnb cycle, it you are providing a service not only for the host, but you're also providing it for uh, the guest as well. And sometimes there's a third party involved. It may be an investor who has employed the host. And then also uh, the guest is part of that circle. Right. And, you know, it's, I think an interesting topic is, you know, when people start with Airbnb hosting, they, you know, they're always looking for a cleaner. And the question that I get a lot is like, how do you find a good cleaner? Because, you know, it's, it's really not just the cleaning that's important, right? It's, it's a turnover. It's, it's, it's making the, the apartment or the house ready to receive people who might have traveled from all across the world. So I think it's very important, you know, as a host, when you find somebody or when you look for somebody to to clean or manage uh, your, your house, it's very important that that person understands that it's not just about cleaning, it's about really getting the place ready. So I'm assuming that, uh, you know, you, you have some thoughts on that. Um, you call yourself a, a beautification specialist. Which is, it's, a, it's a really nice word. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on this? What's, what's the difference between a regular cleaning, just hiring a cleaning person from some cleaning company and having somebody who can, you know, who understands Airbnb, who understands the needs of the guests? Uh, what's the difference between the two? Okay. So the way I view my service, Jasper, is I I see it as an all-round relationship, as I said, with the parties that are involved. A cleaner, I can't speak for every cleaner, but from my perspective, I see it as something that I'm offering as an art form. So that's why I've decided that my, my business is an all-round beautification service. So you are wanting to walk into that space and make it your own. So if you're walking into your house, you see a a part of 
your house that isn't clean or it's messy. You want to be able to to clean that up and make it beautiful for your own environment. And when you have a beautiful space, you have peace within yourself. So the difference I I have and the way I see my business is that it's not just income producing. It is actually giving something of yourself. I see a really deep connection spiritually, physically, and emotionally when I walk into a space. When I've walked into a space and I see that, you know, there's trash on the floor and, and, you know, the, the sink is absolutely filled with dirty dishes, it's my responsibility to make sure that when the next guest walks into that space, it's like it's never happened, like it, it's, it's brand new. It's a place where you can kick off your shoes, lay back on the bed and just take in the environment and, and just feel that it's been special and the, the contribution that this beautification specialist has given you is peaceful and it's serene. So that's the way I see the difference between my business and probably just a cleaner who's coming in to be paid whatever it is per hour. And can you give some specific examples of the things that you pay attention to when you do these Airbnb turnovers? Sure. Well, the first thing that I discuss with my clients is the importance of a scan of the property when I've actually entered So you're scanning for any breakages, you're scanning for any damage, you're scanning for something that's untoward. You're not expecting that the guest is very dirty or or has left a, a big mess, but what I'm scanning for is the properties, uh, how can I put this? It's a way of making sure that the property is the way that you left it when you, before the other guest arrived. So it's an investment for for the owners who have the property to make sure that everything's right. So if I was to walk in and I have found some damaged appliances or a wall or perhaps, you know, trash somewhere, then I will immediately take photos and I will contact the owner or the host, depending who it is that's looking after the property and let them know immediately that there's something that's not right. So I have a responsibility to make sure that I'm because I am the first person in the property that I relay that information straight away. You know, when I think about, when I first heard the term beautification specialist, I immediately was uh, thinking about, the. you know, when you go to Asia, they often fold the towels in a, in a very creative way. Uh, I remember in, in Thailand, I walked into my hotel room and there was two towels on the bed and they were shaped as swans. And yeah, I, I mm-hmm. thought it was like a really nice touch. And so that's kind of like what I have in mind when you're talking about, you know, beautification and you're talking about how it's an art to you do, do these Airbnb turnovers. So do you have any like specific, you know, specific ideas on you know how to make the space more welcoming for the guests? Yes, sure. I do a little bit of um, towel origami, if you want to call it that, and toilet paper origami. But I usually shape 
my towels in in a roll or folded. But some guests like uh, some hosts actually like you know something more elaborate. So I'm able to do like a a lotus flower <laughs> out of the towels. But I, I'm not sure whether it's an Australian thing. But most of my hosts just like to keep it simple. So. It may just be the toilet paper that I folded in a special way just to be a little bit creative when you first sit down on the throne, <laughs> as we like to call it. So, yeah, there is a lot of creativity there, but, uh, you know, not everyone's into that. That's right. But I think it's, those are like little details that that um, I think guests will notice when they walk into a space, right? Just a just a folded towel or the toilet paper, just indicating that you know it's a it's a role that hasn't been used before. I think those little touches can make quite a bit of a difference. That's right, yeah, and um, especially you know this may not be related to your your toilet roll and your towel, but uh, when people walk, walk into a bathroom, I always make sure that the mirrors are spotless. Because if you're looking at a dirty mirror, it puts you off straight away. It it creates the sense that everything else is not quite right. Yeah, exactly. I think the difference between a sort of a, a, a mediocre clean apartment and a, a spotless clean apartment, it's, it's those little things, right? It's like a, a little bit of uh, dirt on the mirror or even like one little hair in the bed. You know, it's such a small little detail, but it yes. completely changed the perception of the guest as to the cleansiness of the apartment. Yes, that's right. So focus on detail is very important. And as my business grows, um, when I'm taking on board people that can work, work alongside me and have the same philosophy, it's the detail that I'll be passing on to those people to make sure that the little things like that are not visible and it's done properly. You don't have any employees as of yet? You're the sole... sole uh, I'm the sole trader? Yes, I am. <laughs> Okay, you Sorry, know you know how I, they I say you know how they say uh, uh, running a business is fun until you have to hire people. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Host, I can't emphasize how important it is to share recommendations of things to do or eat near your listing beforehand. Your guests won't have to go through TripAdvisor, Foursquare, or Yelp. They won't have to scratch their head and think about possible places right in the moment. I've been using Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in Amsterdam. They use my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've also included screenshots of my guidebook on my Airbnb listing as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostfully.com pad. Let's talk about the interaction with the guests, because if I understand correctly, you also do the check-ins, right? You actually meet the guests for the host, right? I love doing check-ins. That's that's my favorite, because you actually get to meet the guest, and you sort of gather in a, a very short amount of time, you know, what type of personality they are and how things are going to get along and, and you know, the feedback that you might get. And um, it's a lot of fun because in a short amount of time, you can learn so much about a person and what they share with you is sometimes really exciting. Their lifestyle, 
you know, what they like, what what they're doing in the in the city for the time that they're there. So it's really exciting when you first get to meet a new guest. Right. And I, th I think one of the most important things you know, when you're meeting the guest is you're developing that skill where you can sense the amount of interaction that the guests are looking for, because it can differ. It can differ quite a bit, right? I mean, some people, they love to hang out with you for like an hour or maybe even longer, go, you know, have a coffee together, uh, spend some time uh, getting to know each other and share some stories and stuff. Whereas other guests, they walk in and they just want to take a shower, take a nap, get going with their day, and they're not looking for any interaction. So, do you have any thoughts on you know how do you figure out you know what type of uh, what type of guests you're you're dealing with, like how much interaction that guest is looking for? Yeah, sure. Uh, usually, I find that the guest who uh, is very talkative is sometimes more open to spending a little bit more time with you showing them around the apartment um I, I don't usually get any guests saying you know let's go for coffee or i offer them coffee or anything like that but the the guests that are usually very reserved and quiet they're the ones that you think like okay it's time to leave now they just want to settle down and get their bearings and then it's time to move on do you get any information about your guests before they arrive? In what sense? Well, you know, I always ask my guests uh, what they what they're planning to do in the city, what the purpose of their visit is. So that kind of gives me a little bit more of an idea of like you know how I should be welcoming them and what kind of things I should talk about. You know, if if these are if these are people that are in town for a conference, for example, then I know okay. You know, they probably just want to get going. Uh, they just want to take a shower and, uh, you know, maybe do some work. Whereas if people are coming to, you know, to do like visits, a bunch of tourist attractions, then I know that they'll probably be interested in me sharing some of the, you know, some of the, the tourist uh, attractions that are nearby my house. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, some of my guests want to know the location. I have a property I look after on the west side of Melbourne, which is on pretty much on the water, and it's a, a fairly new area, so the infrastructure isn't there. So I may get a lot of inquiries about where the local shops are, how close it is, what sort of entertainment and restaurants are around the area because especially these newer type of suburbs here in the west of Melbourne, you're limited in some way. But I find that the guests that stay in the city, usually the first thing they ask me is, where's the closest coffee shop? <laughs> where's the closest cafe? Where do I catch the train from? Where do I catch a tram from? And it's those kind of transport issues that they're really trying to work out. And and some of the apartments in the city don't always have a car park. So if someone is driving in and they want to have a, a place where they can park their car, then I'll provide a list of places that have the cheapest parking for the longest amount of time. So it's little things like that that make it really important to communicate with guess and when I'm corresponding with them through the the message application on the Airbnb app I'm always 
when I'm co-hosting, I'm always making sure that I answer them very quickly because if you're waiting half an hour for an answer from your co-host or host, that's already putting you off. It's not good service. Do the guests usually ask you what the best place is to spot a kangaroo in the wild? Um, maybe that'll be your question when you come and visit Melbourne. Because <laughs> I remember um, that was... No, that, I've never had that question. Okay, that was the first thing that was on my mind when I uh, when I first came to Australia. I was like, all right, where's the kangaroos? I want to see them. <laughs> no, I've never been asked that question. Although um, I have had some international guests, but they usually know that kangaroos don't live in the city. So I've never been asked that one. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the uh, drop the drop bear? Are there any drop bears in Melbourne? Drop bear? I'm you, not familiar with that. You don't know Koala? about the drop bear? Oh, you mean? <laughs> no, there's no. this there's this funny <laughs> there's this funny myth in Australia that uh, Australians used to scare tourists. Like they tell them that there's a there's a creature called a drop bear and it looks like a koala bear. Um, but it's actually quite ferocious. So what it does is it it hangs out in a tree pretending to be a koala bear. And then when you stand underneath it and you look up, you know, as as a lot of tourists do, right? They stand below these trees and they look up to, to see if they can spot the koalas. Then the drop bear will actually drop out of the tree, land on the tourist and bite him in the neck. <laughs> no, I haven't heard that one, Jasper. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny because if you go to Google, you, you type in drop bear, you type on images, you see quite a, <laughs> quite a lot of pictures of uh, koala bears with like giant teeth and, <laughs> and uh, you know, a lot, lots of blood and stuff. It's, it's pretty funny. And uh, apparently, apparently some uh, decent amount of tourists actually believe this. <laughs> so I just imagine, I just imagine these people standing underneath the tree trying to spot the koala, but then they're like kind of like kind of looking out and being prepared in case it drops out of the tree. <laughs> well, you know what? Next time I have an international guest, I'll tell them all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote an article about it. I thought it was so funny when I was in Australia. I, I, you know, I used to do a travel blog called Traveling Dutchman. And uh, I wrote an article about, uh, about the drop bear because I just thought it was hilarious. Oh, that's that's so funny. <laughs> There's also the hoop snake. Uh, I take it you you didn't hear about that one either, right? No, no, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> it must be something that goes around international guests because I've never heard it here. <laughs> maybe there, maybe there's no drop bears and uh, and hoop snakes in uh, in Melbourne. Maybe it's just in other areas of Australia. Could be. Well, uh, I was going to ask you, is there, is there anything else uh, that you, you wanted to share with the listeners as we're coming to the end of the podcast? Yeah, sure. I mean, they're welcome to have a look at my website and see what I offer. And if they're in the local area, I mean, they can just click on my phone number, uh, even on the website and, um, you know, contact me for any information or any support. So um, is it okay if I share my website Absolutely. Address? Sure. Okay, it's www.undercontrolshortstay.com.au. So all of that is one word and then the .com.au at the end. How many properties are you managing, by the way? At the moment, uh, I've just taken on five more. So we're looking at about close to 20 now. 20 properties, that's a lot. moving forward, yeah. And you do this all by yourself? Yes, I do. Yes, wow. I do. Well, the beauty, the beauty of, um, you know, 
this kind of opportunity is that not everyone is booking in at the same time. So somehow it just works out that way that, you know, I'm never overbooked or double booked at the same time. Very rarely I get that happen. So what do you do when there's when you have two properties where people are checking in at the same time? I make sure there is a standby so someone can fill my shoes when I'm not available. <laughs> so I, I do have some contacts in the industry or, um, you know, the, the host is really good and, and usually has a backup. Awesome. All right, Lily. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your time and your your experience as a beautification specialist for Airbnb House. And I'd say keep an eye out for those drop bears and those hoop snakes. They're they're quite ferocious. They're real. Uh, they're <laughs> quite dangerous. So you know you got to keep an eye out for them. It's been an absolute pleasure, Jasper. Thank you so much. All right. And for all the listeners, thank you for listening. And Friday, of course, we'll be back with the news episode for this week. So hope to see you then. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your